Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass, y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Hello. Okay. Trying this angle out. Got my first coffee. It's been sitting here a while, but fun fact, poured myself a Rosetta. First one that I've done in about four years. First coffee I've poured in about four years, but still got it. So I put out a request for topics for this YouTube video slash podcast. If you're listening on the podcast, please rate and subscribe. And if you're watching on YouTube, please do 
hit subscribe too so that you get notified when I release a new video. But Elizabeth asked, what are stresses that we could be thinking are not actually stress that are actually stress and thus is affecting our recovery? And it's, it's just such a good question because it, it, there's so much to it. First of all, if you're experiencing you know, a, a prolonged wait, so if you've been trying to recover your cycle for months and months and you are 150% eating plenty, you are um, not exercising very much at all, if at all, and your period's still not coming back, you're, um, you're probably one of those people who's going to be... You're probably one of those people who thinks that like this is probably stress related and that's absolutely possible and so i want this video podcast to go to one of two ways i want you to either get something out of it because stress is a factor for you and be able to address it or i want you to see that you're potentially avoiding eating more and resting and doing things that you really want to do because you want the answer to be stress because that's because for some of us the answer being stress is more acceptable than the answer being you're underweight. So let's dive in. Number one, your job. So this is like a classic one. So we're kicking off with it. Your job being stressful. Most people know what that looks like, right? Maybe you um, have a terrible boss or the work that you do is really hard and specialized and specific. And so that's an obvious one, but ones that other people uh, don't necessarily consider is if you do shift work and your schedule is constantly changing if you work through the night like you're a nurse those are stresses even if you're having a good time and you're enjoying it it's a stress on your body that you might not be considering other work factors could be like say you're a, a teacher um, an elementary school teacher primary school teacher and you're very engaged and you walk around the classroom constantly you bend down to help a, um, to help a student with something, you stand back up, you do that constantly, you are always playing, you know, physical games with your students, that, that constant movement, although not necessarily stress, just is movement on the body, but also, you know, a job like a teacher or a nurse, there's lots of jobs out there like this where you have to be constantly on. You know, you have to be always paying attention to what's happening next. There's not a whole lot of downtime. And although you might be enjoying it, it's stress. Although you might look around at your colleagues and say, well, they can all do it, why can't I? It's stress and they're stressed out too. And although you might be thinking, everyone else in the world has a job and is busy. So this should be a normal amount of you know, work stress, I want to remind you that the way we've designed the world was just totally like made up almost. So we went way too far. No one should be having to work 80 hours, uh, 40 hours a week, but we do, right? And so much of our life is around work and so much of our sense of security, right? In today's day and age, safety and security is directly linked to financial security and money. So that's a stress at all times. So your performance at work, showing up, being constantly aware, being constantly on point, regardless of whether you're happy or not, it is a stress. And so assessing your current situation is really important. Okay, the second one, thinking about productivity. So, I mean, I for one have a really hard time taking downtime and not thinking about 
being productive. I'm always thinking about, oh, what's the next YouTube video I can make? Oh my gosh, I, I need to check in with that client. She's having a hard time. Oh, I need to get with Ashley and we need to discuss this thing. And blah, blah, blah. I gotta pick up my kid from daycare. I gotta juggle it all. How can I be on it? How can I maximize time? And that's a stress. So like what you're thinking about, the fact that you're constantly planning the next couple of minutes and hours and days, it is a stress. And so we need to actively take time to back off of that and find a moment where you cannot think about. So for me, what works, I have to read fiction or like watch TV. I just have to, otherwise I will be thinking. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? I come up with all of my best ideas when I'm not working. When I'm at the grocery store, when I go for a walk, when I'm out with friends, it just appears in my brain. So it's actually better for me and I'm ironically more productive uh, when I'm not. Like when I'm when I'm actively taking the time to not work. I will be in the middle of like a, a fiction book, deeply engrossed in it, and an idea will come to my mind. So that's a benefit. But for the most part, you know, being able to watch a movie, watch TV or read a book and really like really picture myself in the book, not let my mind trail off. When I catch my mind reading, but actually thinking about something else, I bring it back and I bring myself into the story. And that's really important for shutting down a lot of the, the noise and the need to be productive because that cons constantly having your mind on the next thing is a stress. It's telling your, your hypothalamus, your brain, hey, we don't have time for anything else. We do not have time to slow down. We're, there's always something next on the to-do list. It makes sense intuitively when you think about it this way that it's going to affect your recovery. It's going to be seen as a stress. So it's not just important to slow down because that's like a buzz word type thing to say. It's important because it's directly sending a signal to your brain that we do not have to stress about the next thing on the to-do list. We can relax. That's the value of that. You need to check in with that and you need to do that. The next one is looking for other answers. So this is an AJ specific one. I am going to give you guys an example. So I'll like post on Instagram, hey, questions, what questions do you want answered? And I can tell in the way that the, the questions are written that people are looking for a very specific answer. And I want you to know, actually, that all of us girls in the HA space that have like Instagrams, blogs, that kind of thing, we all talk. We're all friends. <laughs> We're all friends. And we actually know that a lot of you guys might, if you ask me a question, you've probably also asked them. And we, we discovered this at one point where I was like, oh, someone asked me this. And, and the others were like, oh, that person asked me that question too. You know, what answer did you give? And it, it kind of showed us that A, people are very anxious and need multiple different people to tell them the answer to that question. And the way they word it, they're looking for a very specific answer. So um, a, an example would be, hey, is it possible to recover without having to gain weight? Or hey, is it possible that some people can have a healthy period um, but still be under the recommended BMI? Hey, like, do you absolutely have to be over a certain BMI? It's, it's usually like that. Or, hey, is it possible that um, I can get my period back by just eating more, but if I don't, like, if I keep training, I don't know, like, can I do it? <laughs> um, and I only laugh because I get it. Like, I so get it. But that shows me that this person is high anxiety and high stress. 
we can tell by the way that you are asking your questions or talking to us that you like where your mind is at and if you're approaching recovery from a relaxed or or like a realistic mindset and you're open to this stuff and you're just not panicked about the whole thing and we can tell if you're panicked about the whole thing so constantly looking for answers to the same questions about your recovery constantly hoping or find trying to find a way to validate the answer that you want to hear so if i come back and say to you i you know i reviewed your shit and i think you're underweight and i think you need to eat you know more carbohydrates and i feel like you are doing x y and z and you don't want to hear that stuff if you just go and look for someone else to, and keep asking the same question till you get the answer you want to hear this is so stressful that's so stressful like how about you give yourself the grace take a deep breath and say i choose to accept this answer i've heard this answer now a few times and i'm going to stop stressing myself out trying to find a different answer and i'm going to release myself of the need to be a hundred and fifty thousand percent sure that what these people are saying and seeing um is is right i release myself of the need for being absolutely certain that I'm on the right path before I ever make any changes and I'm just gonna try it and I'm gonna go with it. I hope that that sits well. <laughs> I hope that resonates with some people. Self-comparison, this is an area for stress for a lot of people. And I am one of these people. I have a lot of really successful entrepreneurial friends. Like, sometimes it shocks me, I mean, we were at um, my friend's like wild property for 4th of July and we're just sitting there and we're all having a good time. And then this guy rocks up and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's that Adrian guy from Entourage. And my husband's like, yeah, that is. And like, he's just rocking up to the my best friend's ranch party for 4th of July. I didn't know that you were like neighbors with this guy. It's all just normal for them. It's just normal for them to be like living amongst celebrities and having a ranch property outside of their their city property and all this stuff, right? Like, and and those things they cause me to compare myself sometimes and be like, well, we don't have a ranch property, should I? I mean, my friends do, and there's a I have a lot of those people in my life, and so I have to check in a lot, like where. Where is this drive and this need for, um, you know, wild amounts of like success coming from? Because it's causing you stress, Danny. So you might experience this in a similar way to me, or you might experience it in a way of comparing your recovery journey to someone else's, comparing your body to others, comparing, yeah, your financial situation, comparing your singleness or your marriage to someone else's. It's extremely stressful because imagine if you were to just take away the self-comparison. A lot of us are already living life the way we want to live it, but because you're comparing your choices to someone else, it's making you wonder, is this what I should be doing? Oh no, it means this about me that I don't make X amount or that I don't look X way. And it, you know, it, it's a stress because I will wake up sometimes in a default of like, I need to grind today in order to be worthy and to be at the same status or financial status or something like that as, than my friends. And I've done a lot of work to overcome it and it's really helpful. Like I can actually breathe when I stop comparing myself 
and when I realized I'm so happy living where I live. I love my home and I chose it because it's the one that's right for me and my family, yada, yada, yada. I had to check back in with that stuff um, because it causes me stress to be comparing myself to others. Hey, do you know what your blind spots are? As in, do you know what it is, what the thing is that is holding you back from getting your period back? Look, it could be an absolute plethora cornucopia of things, but in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing? And these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit or that it's something that we're doing, whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body, or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even. We have created a checklist. It's a three-page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food. And what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today? So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery. And it's just an insightful thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery so to get the checklist all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and we'll send it straight through to you you can print it off And you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off or have you, you know, systematically kicked it to the curb? So check it out. It's the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and it will be waiting for you there. Next one is worrying about others. So this one's for those of you who are people pleasers who don't want to upset others um you know maybe there's someone in your life who's constantly trying to help or who's always like doing things for you and so you can't step back and focus on yourself because you need to like show up and match their energy or someone's relying on you to do things so if any of you have oc uh, not ocd um adhd or add you know that motivation and follow-through can be really hard for you and people who don't have ADD or ADHD can, they don't understand, right? That's me. I don't have it. And so I don't sometimes understand when like my husband starts something, gets really excited and then just stops doing it or like just procrastinates on stuff and doesn't follow through on things he says he's going to do. I follow through on everything I say I'm going to do. <laughs> So I have a really hard time, which by the way is a stress, but it's a stress for him because he feels like he's letting me down, right? So if you're one of those people who maybe resonates with that or has tendencies in that direction, you know, worrying about what others are going to think or letting others down or needing to deliver for other people, um, this is a stress and it's something that you should check in on and work with someone on, but 
honestly the thing that's been the most successful for my relationships with people like this because there's a lot of people like this especially in my life um, is that we have to talk about it and I like we share our perspectives to me I don't get why you like say you're gonna do things and then you just don't do them and to them they don't understand why I take it so personally or just like get so annoyed at their lack of follow-through or it's just they they need to tell me hey it, it's actually just not helpful to me when you push me or make me feel bad about the fact that I didn't do this thing because that's just not how I work and I need other ways of encouragement and then together we work on those ways of encouragement <laughs> you can tell that this is an area of my life that we're working on um, but yeah communicating with others about the fact that you know you can't always show up for them in the way that they're looking for helps you to release some of that stress and that pressure and just check in too with yourself when you're doing something for someone else like why are you doing it do you need to do it why are you stressed about doing it these these things are important and i'm being kind of vague about it because i think it shows up differently for different people i've seen this in my work with clients um worrying about others and being a people pleaser looks different for everyone so just take a moment or have a friend have a chat with friends or people close to you to discover like what does it look like for you to be a people pleaser and do you think it's possibly problematic okay and then the last one we're going to talk a little bit about neat non-exercise activity something thermogenesis um so this is essentially just like the amount of calories it is taking my body to drink this coffee and be sitting here talking to you and be like the busybody that I am. I always have to change positions in my chair. Or just the the walk that you did around the grocery store today. Like just the the activity that's not specifically for exercise, but is just you moving throughout the day. This kind of is similar to that very first example I gave of like the teacher for you know, who is walking around the class, bending down, getting up. Um or the nurse who's actively walking around patient to patient, that's someone who has a lot of neat built into their day. I personally don't have a lot of neat built into my day. I sit here and make YouTube videos, I record podcasts, I work from home, uh, so I don't have a whole lot of neat going on. Uh, so each person should check in with them, like what amount do you have? And you know, it could be you walk a lot for just around the house, it could be that you you do a yoga session in the morning and in the evening. It's a really tough one. It's super individual. Um, I actually recommend if you want to sort of, but you kind of want to just take stock. Uh, if you are unsure, if you're still being hyperactive, sit down with a pen and paper and list out all of the activities that you do. So early on in my recovery, I was doing a lot of NEAT. I was always looking for a way because I wasn't actually exercising as much, like almost complete reduction in exercise but i was always looking for ways to sneak it in so that i felt better about myself and was like mitigating weight gain so i would obsessively clean the kitchen like every dish dishwasher empty the dishwasher do laundry um like housework a lot of it to try and be active i would take really long walks every morning and just feel like those walks were okay because they were significantly different to the intense weightlifting i was doing and you know, I have a dog and so she needs exercise and I just would like find ways to add movement into my day, which you know, for a lot of the population is a really healthy thing to do, 
not a bad habit. That said, um, during recovery, where we're looking for areas of stress that could be holding us back from getting that period. And right now we're in a lot of debt. You know, I've described this a few times, but we're in a, an energy debt where we don't have, like, we're not even at maintenance and we need to kind of get our body to a certain place where it can handle even this amount of consistent movement of the body. So you may be thinking, oh, my yoga session is not, um, you know, it's super gentle or it's, it's not, it's just like barely movement. Well, if you think that, you know, maybe, maybe it's more movement than you think. Maybe you're walking around the grocery shop every single day and that's taking up time. Maybe you walk, walk or run to work. Maybe you, um, I don't know, like it, it's a very specific to you. It could be a whole lot of things. And it is a good idea to sit down and like pick apart your day and be, okay, where am I making negotiations here? Because when I, I do that with clients and they'll be like, I really barely exercise. I don't know what's up. And then I'll comb through with them like, okay, what do you do when you wake up? Then you go to work. I'm like, what do you do at work? And when you come home, what do you do? And we can often uncover like some things that they're doing that they're unaware that they're doing or that they're doing, but they just kind of don't want to part with it. And they want us to figure out how to get their period back without having to address it. So check in on your need to check in on like the way that you're moving around throughout the day and just see could this be adding stress not just because it's additional calories burned like but because you're putting the pressure on yourself to be doing those things you're putting this pressure and this stress on yourself to mitigate weight gain and we can tell you your brain knows your brain knows when you're avoiding things when you're trying to not gain weight or something like that so i strongly encourage you to look into your intention behind the movement that you're doing through the day are you being like i was and doing dishes because it's movement because your brain knows it knows <sighs> ah, okay so i think that's enough for today i think you get what i'm trying to say stress is everywhere in hidden pockets in your life look into it question everything be brutally honest with yourself why are you doing this what's the intention behind it and the last thing i'll say is like <sighs> For those of us who do have additional movement in our day, you need more food than the 2,500 calorie bloody number that's always being thrown around. I'm always hearing this. I eat 2,500 calories. Like that's what, you know, the that's what they say you, the average person gets their peer back with. Yeah, the average person who is not doing any exercise and the average person, you know, there are some people who only need 2,000, 2,300 and there are some people who need 2,800 and 300, uh, 3,000. But you, you need to not compare yourself to those people, especially if you have additional activity throughout your day. You need to ditch that number in your head and remember that, that your unique stresses in mentally, emotionally, mentally, and physically are adding up to a unique toll that is unique to you that is not adding up to the person next to you that you're comparing yourself to. Just remember that. Recovery is individual. I know a lot of people have gotten their period back by simply stopping exercise and eating more. But the reality of that is that there are people who that's not working for. And that's called throwing everything at the wall. Zero exercise. Completely eating a metric shiz ton of food, right? You are throwing everything at the wall to get your period back. If that's what you're doing. And that's totally okay. But not everyone is doing that. Chances are if you're listening or 
to this, to this, you're not doing that. So I don't know, sorry, I'm ranting at you, but I would love, I would love to help you. If this is some, if you're a member of the A2 Society, come chat with me and I will help you comb through this and we'll figure it out or look into one-on-one -on -one coaching. I can help you figure this out yourself, look into your nutrition, your lifestyle, your mindset, your daily life stresses, and we can, we can kill them <laughs> one at a time um, until we get your period back. That'd be fun to so check that out. Um, links are in the show notes. We'll go to thehasociety.com and fill out an application form. That would be fun. I would love to work with you. I will see you guys next time. And don't forget to rate, review this podcast slash subscribe. Hey there, it's me, Danny, And I want to tell you about Temp Drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method, both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device. So you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, Again, we do recommend manual temping, but once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs. And then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle's not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop, and we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHASociety. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHASociety at the checkout, that will work too.
So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other... Like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef and my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient rich source of beef liver get 10% off your order with the HA society and support your favorite podcast along the way they ship to most countries so you should be covered just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA society just HA society at the checkout for the 10% off that's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA society Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women to this channel. Love you. Bye.